Welcome to the Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show is meant for an adult audience. The Trevor J. Brown Show may contain explicit language and topics. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. Be a part of the show and email us at inherentdream at yahoo.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Trevor J. Brown Show. Visit our website at inherentdream.com. And now, your host, Trevor J. Brown. Welcome into another edition of the Trevor J. Brown Show. We have a great show lined up for you tonight, including Mark Stone back with us for another week of NFL Picks and Predictions. We'll recap a little bit of last week as well. In honor of his 72nd birthday, we have a segment tonight honoring the legendary funny man and great actor Bill Murray. He's in some of my favorite movies of all time. His uh, birthday was this past week on Wednesday. We will honor Bill this evening. We will also have the Moron Spotlight. But we start with this. Over uh, last weekend, we had a tremendous time out in uh, Gilman, which some of you... Even in Minnesota, you might be asking yourself, where the hell is Gilman? And I still say that sometimes. Where the hell is Gilman? Well, it's by Foley. Where the hell is Foley? Kind of by St. Cloud. You kind of know where St. Cloud is. Anyway, my extended family does a fundraiser charity deal. Every year they pick a family or an individual that is going through some tough times. Maybe they have an illness. They're dealing with a family situation. They were in a car accident, something like that. And they organize this fundraiser, a a charity softball tournament, a beanbag tournament. There's concessions available. There's a silent auction. There's a bake sale. Me and my wife, Lindsay, kind of head up the bake sale. It's a lot of fun. It's for a good cause. We raise a lot of money. And uh, that's that. And uh, we do it not to get not to get a pat on the back. That's not, not why I bring it up at all. Because I, I, uh, I don't like the recognition. I don't need the recognition. I don't care about that at all. I like to help other people. That's why we do the Food and Song compilation series here at Inherent Dream. We've done three of them before. We're planning a fourth one. All these great Minnesota bands donate a song. We put it on a compilation album. We sell it. Whatever we make from it, we give those profits to to the local food shelves. We've helped food shelves in Moose Lake, Malacca, Zimmerman, and also Elk River. But the reason why I bring this up is not for the event itself, which was which was last weekend. But I bring it up because of people. And that's what we talk about on the show. We talk about people and how they will drive you nuts sometimes. Absolutely nuts. And one of the things that I am starting to notice more and more in people and why... I feel like this behavior needs to be called out. But I'm calling it the cloak. These people that hide in this disguise, they they hide in this sense of they don't know you. They come up to you as if they know you, but they don't know you. And they sort of give you this gentle ribbing as if, They've known you for many years. You know, like the relationship between Clint Eastwood and who is it, his barber in Gran Torino? Or he's like, how's it going, shithead? You know, and that's just sort of a term of endearment to to his barber. He uh, gets along with the guy. That's a buddy of his. But you wouldn't walk up to a stranger 
and say, "Hey, how's it going, Dick?" You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't say that because you don't you don't know that person. I'm not necessarily for that sense of humor, because even with with people that I'm the the closest people I am in my life with, you know, my my wife, my my family, you know, my mom and dad, my, my brother. My, my close friends, I, I don't talk to them that way. So, but, you know, if, if you are good friends and you talk to each other that way and you have that type of relationship, sure. But I feel like that sort of friendship has to be developed over time. It can't just be something where, oh, I met you yesterday and now I'm coming up to you with with sort of these these insults. Because it's funny to me how... Some people come up to you and they're so rude and they hide behind this, this, this cloak of, well, I'm just trying to be funny. I'm just trying to get a laugh out of you. And an example of that is we're, we're at this event last weekend and we are working outside at the bake sale. And the first thing that I want to mention is, all of the great people that were there that helped and they volunteered and they helped put up tents and they organized things. And there were a lot of great helpers there, but then you get some people that they want to act like they're really involved and they're not. So the event was Friday and Saturday. So we were there Friday, had nice weather on Friday evening we, we didn't have the tent set up or anything. We, we sold our baked goods and that was that. Well, Saturday we had to deal with a little rain in the morning. So we had to unload everything and we didn't have the tent set up. And then this, this rain came through for about 30 minutes. And we had all these baked goods that were outside and we already had everything set up. So some of the containers got a little wet. Now, it's not like we just had plates of cookies out on the, the table. But some of the containers, some of the boxes, they got a little wet. So we had to be close when we set up to make sure that, well, if, if the people in the concession stand need help, my wife's family runs that more, her mother. If, uh, hey, if, if we need to run back and forth, we need to be out here for it. So towards the end of this rainstorm, somebody comes up to us on Saturday morning and says, well, hey, well, we could set you up inside instead. And I said, well, we really can't do that because we have to run back and forth in case of the concessions and, and all of that. And, and we already have everything out here anyway. And the rain's supposed to end any minute now. We can see it on the on the radar. You know, thanks. But we kind of have to have it. So then, then she goes away anyway. And she said, well, I'll double check if you can set up inside. Like, what well, anything that I said doesn't matter anyway. Then she comes back like five minutes later. Oh, you guys can set up inside. Did you not hear anything that I just said? And then the big thing was, well, he didn't want to set up inside. No, I told you why we couldn't set up on the inside. So you didn't get your way. Who are, who are you again? Then she wanted to tell me too that, this lady. She wanted to tell me too that. Well, if it was me, I wouldn't buy any of this stuff that it's all wet. Uh... Listen, bitch, we sold all the items. We sold all the items at the bake sale. All of them. All of my wet baked goods went. $1,400 we made. Off of cookies and bread. What do you think of that? Huh? I'm not boasting on what we made. I'm boasting because I like to shove it in people, in people's faces like that. Just, you're not being helpful at that time. You, you're pretending like you are trying to be helpful, but everything that I told you of why we couldn't do something, you didn't keep your way, so now you have to blame people for it. Oh, my goodness. And then this other lady that came up, she, during the, during the actual sale, I had never seen this woman before in my life. She wanted, she, she went through each item at the bake sale, and she, everyone had to touch it. She had to touch everything. Well, who made this? Like, that was an honest question that multiple women asked me at the bake sale. Who made this? Not just some hypothetical, like, I'm talking out loud or I'm talking to a friend. 
Who made this? How the hell am I supposed to know who made it? I'm not taking inventory here. Who made this? Or are there nuts in this? Are there chocolate? Is there white chocolate chips in this? Because I don't like those. I don't know. Should we cut into it for you? You're at a bake sale, lady. It's it's like roll the dice. You got to take you got to take a chance. But this one lady comes up during the sale, and she's like, "Oh, what did you make here?" And I said, "Well, uh, I made a lot of cookies, and uh, I bought a lot of things to bring." Oh well, you if you if you buy it at a store, that doesn't count for a bake sale. And then she looks over at my wife Lindsay and she says, "Are you guys married?" And Lindsay says, "Yes." And she says something like, "Well, does he do anything for you?" And this, I've never met this woman before in my life. You're being blatantly rude, you dumb bitch. Blatantly rude. I don't know you. She doesn't know you. Well, does he cook? <laughs> wow, you you got some balls on you, lady. Oh, I'm just trying to make you guys laugh. No, you're just being rude. <laughs> you can say what you're saying to absolutely anybody. It's rude. You're not being funny. You could be a friend of mine, and that would be rude. In fact, if you did say that and you were a friend of mine, you probably wouldn't be my friend. But it's these people that hide behind this cloak of... I'm just trying to get you to smile. I'm just trying to be funny. I'm just trying to, oh, it's all in good fun, blah, blah, blah. But if I would say that to her, if I would say to her, wow, you're nuts. Lady, you're going to touch more shit on my bake sale table? She would have thrown a fit. Well, that's not very nice. That's not going to attract customers. This lady goes through and touches everything on the bake sale. Well, who made this? Who did it? All of that, and take a whopping guess how much she spent. $3. She bought one little thing of cookies. Oh, thanks thanks so much, lady. Oh, my goodness. That's that's what you encounter, though. Moral of the story. Moral of the top of the show. Don't be a dick. Don't hide behind this cloak of, I'm just trying to be funny. Oh, it's just a joke that didn't land. No. Just be a good person. That's going to be a constant theme that we're going to have here over several of the shows here. I don't know if we'll get to it next week, but that's another thing. I've heard now this phrase multiple times. We'll just be the better person. Be the better person. And you know who constantly says we'll just be the better person? It's people that have really terrible behavior. And they say be the better person because then they don't have to be. They want you to be the better person because they can continue to hide behind this cloak of, I'm not really a good person, but I can I can hide behind this and just say, well, I'm just trying to be funny. No, you're just rude. Clearly, a lot of people, like, you were never taught, hey, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it. If you have nothing productive to say, don't say it. There. Those are two simple golden rules right there. I learned that before kindergarten. I don't know why 40, 50, 60, 70-year-old people, and people my age too, and people younger, why don't you know that? Oh, I know. You had terrible parents. You had terrible parents growing up. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't teach you two simple lessons. My goodness. Plenty more to come. Uh, we have Mark Stone a little bit later tonight with NFL predictions. And uh, up next... The Moron Spotlight. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show. This is our flag. The new album from Chairman of the Board. Featuring 10 new tracks of instrumental music and over 30 minutes of music. Stream it wherever you stream music. Buy your digital copy at inheritdream.bandcamp.com. This is our flag. By Chairman of the Board, out now. All right, let's get into the Moron Spotlight. Uh, this was a good one. I wanted to lead with this one. So Tim Allen, I don't know if you know for sure, but he is a douchebag. Uh, and I say that not for his politics, but there's just a lot of stories out there of Tim Allen not being a very nice person to people. I will let you take a look at that stuff for for you know, for examples, but, uh, the headline here, Tim Allen goes viral for Biden joke. 
On Monday, the 69-year-old actor issued a tweet following Biden's appearance on the CBS television magazine show 60 Minutes. He says, Biden was on 60 Minutes. I heard he asked how long the show was. That's funny. That's actually a funny joke. The Home Improvement alum's wisecrack quickly sparked controversy, with many of Allen's critics slamming him in the replies. Look, and I'm saying that the joke was funny, even though I know he's, Tim Allen's kind of a jerk. A number of Twitter users accused the comedian of being disrespectful to the current president, while others said the joke was unfunny and lame. Online detractors also claimed that the Toy Story star was irrelevant and washed up. Yet somehow, with him being irrelevant, and somehow with him being washed up, you had to chime in and let him know that he was irrelevant and washed up. He was so irrelevant and washed up, it still triggered you in a way that you had to comment on it. I think the funniest thing Tim Allen has done in the last 20 years is assume that he's still in any way relevant, one critic tweeted. It's disrespectful. Yeah, you know, it's a joke. And all of the late night people that are on right now could maybe take a note from Tim Allen about trying to be funny at Joe Biden's expense. For four years, they got Donald Trump. Whether you like Donald Trump or not, Donald Trump provided a lot of content for late night comics, Saturday Night Live, uh, and a lot of times they weren't very good at making fun of Donald Trump, but they made fun of Donald Trump. They made fun of everything about Donald Trump. With Joe Biden, they don't make fun of him at all. And I don't get it. Stupid. Um, here's another thing of why people... People get so triggered by so many different things. A photograph of longtime Wheel of Fortune host Pat Sajak with Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene as serviced and people on Twitter are fuming. The picture, apparently captured earlier this month, went viral on Twitter after it was reshared by a Twitter account described as exposing right-wing extremism and other threats to democracy. Well, look, I wouldn't want a picture with dumb bitch Marjorie Taylor Greene. But if Pat Sajak wants to pose for a photograph with Marjorie Taylor Greene, fine. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. One user wrote, pictured Pat Sajak and Vanna White supremacist. Oh, that's clever. Referencing Sajak's Wheel of Fortune co-host Vanna White, while another tweeted, Pat Sajak has always been a far-right lunatic. I'm not surprised at all. Additionally, members of academia and a former political candidate for office offered their take on the Sajak photo and whether they believed it to be a revelation or not. Uh, Temple University professor Mark Lamont Hill shared his disgust, writing, First, Chuck Woolery, now Pat Sajak, are all game show hosts trash? Chuck Woolery, the original host of Wheel of Fortune, has also been met with criticism for his political views. Is Chuck Woolery still alive? I guess I, I don't even, I guess I don't know that. Like, look, I wouldn't want a picture with Marjorie Taylor Greene because she is absolutely nuts. But I don't really care what Pat Sajak does. He hosts Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> why are we so, why are our panties in a bunch about Wheel of Fortune? The host of Wheel of Fortune and his political views. You don't think that maybe he could be a white, uh, a right wing nut? Oh, my goodness. A January 6th rioter who wore a Camp Auschwitz sweatshirt inside the U.S. Capitol was sentenced to 75 days in prison Thursday, matching what the government had requested. Robert Keith Packer was arrested the week after the attack on the U.S. Capitol in 2021 and pleaded guilty a year later in January to a misdemeanor charge of unlawful picketing and parading. The government wanted him to serve 75 days of incarceration as well as three years of probation. Packer's sister had asked for leniency and she urged the court in a written plea not to judge a book by its cover. Yeah, your brother wore a Camp Auschwitz shirt. That tells you that that right there, I'm going to that's why you should sometimes judge a book by its cover. I can tell everything I need to know about that asshole. 
not to judge a book by its cover, but a federal prosecutor told the judge that the words on his clothing showed you his intent. Maybe I should be a judge. Mr. Packer showed the world who he was on January 6th by both his deeds and his actions. Assistant U.S. Attorney Mona first told the court Thursday he posted his belief on his clothing that, that day. Nichols said that there was clearly, clearly an intent to wearing the sweatshirt, but that Packer hadn't explained what it was. It seems to me that he wore that sweatshirt for a reason. We don't know what that reason was because Mr. Packer hasn't told us. He's an idiot. That's the reason. I love when the, when people say like, well, the, this is under investigation. We're investigating why he wore that shirt. He wore that shirt because he's an uneducated inbred hillbilly. That's why he wore it. He thinks that it's funny. That he think that he thinks that millions of Jews and other people and other creeds and religions, all those people dying in World War II, that's somehow funny. Oh, that's so hilarious. Packer admitted that he traveled from Newport News, Virginia to Washington on January 6th to attend the rally held by former President Donald Trump and that he had entered the building despite seeing broken windows and tear gas deployed by police. He also admitted he was in a crowd of people in the hallway when rioters took down and broke apart a sign bearing House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's name outside her office. The guy looks like a total nut job. Yeah. Yeah, we're investigating why he wore that shirt. Well, he's an idiot. Well, we're investigating why this shooting took place. Yeah, because the guy's, the guy's stupid. Uh, other things for the moron spotlight. Eric Adam, or Adame, A-D-A-M-E, says that he has been fired from his position as the morning meteorologist on Spectrum News New York One for a leaked appearance on an adult cam site. He posted the news via Instagram on Monday, aiming to share his truth rather than let others control the narrative of his life. Noting that his psychiatrist called his actions compulsive behavior and that he is not in a position to disagree, he wrote, I secretly appeared on an adult cam website. On this site, I acted out of my compulsive behaviors while at home by performing on camera for other men. It was 100% consensual on both of our parts. I wasn't paid for this. And it was absurd of me to think I could keep this private. Nonetheless, my employer found out and I was suspended and then terminated. I don't th I don't think it uh, mattered if it was performing on camera uh, or performing on camera for men or if it was 100% consensual. I think it was uh, maybe not the look your employer wanted at the time. Do these, do these people not understand that when you have a, a high-profile job, like I'm a meteorologist, or I report sports, or I uh, represent this company, like, you can't just parade around doing uh, sex sex acts on camera? You don't think that that might come to, to the employer? Back to the employer? First and foremost, I want to apologize to my employers at Spectrum, my coworkers, my audience, my family and my friends for any embarrassment or humiliation I have caused you. You expected and deserved better from me. Well, I, I don't know you, so I didn't expect anything. I can't take it back. I can't change what I did, but I am getting the professional help I need. Blah, blah, blah. As a public figure, I recognize that I have certain responsibilities that come along with the privileges that I have enjoyed. But let me be clear about something. I don't apologize for being openly gay or sex positive no i don't care that you're gay or sex positive or whatever you should just realize that as in your statement as a public figure i recognize that i have certain responsibilities that come along with certain privileges like yeah not doing cam videos because you work at a television station that maybe doesn't want to be affiliated with that additionally he wrote a plea to potential future employers please judge me on the hundreds thousands of hours of television that I am so proud of and that my employers have always commended me for and not the couple of minutes of salacious video that is probably going to soon define me in our clickbait culture. See, it's always, I, I can only take responsibility to a point, but then I have to pass the buck on somebody onto somebody else. Because after that, it's, I can only claim so much responsibility. Now, yeah, you know what? Who do I want to hire? Uh, let's see. This person that has no pornographic shit on the internet, uh, same credentials as you, 
or uh, same credentials, uh, somebody that has cam footage out there. What could be a bigger distraction for uh, for my television station? See, uh, let's see here. What do I want to do? That's the new age apology, though, man. It's like, hey, I'm sorry if you were offended. It always goes back to somebody else. It's never, I'm sorry for my actions. I'm a douchebag for doing what I did. I should know better. I should know that as working for a television station, my face, my image is out there. And when I'm out at uh, the local grocery store, people might recognize me. Even though I'm not on the clock at the time, I still represent the station. So I need to be on good behavior in the public and I need to not be doing uh, sex videos online. Does that make sense? You would think that that would make sense. The guy says it made sense to him, but clearly he did it. So, boy, people are stupid. Aren't people stupid? We have just been dealing with technical difficulties tonight on the program, by the way. We had some microphone issues during the first segment. Uh, but uh, we we figured it out here. And uh, we're plugging along. We're plugging along, and we appreciate it. We appreciate you listening. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show from Inherent Dream Production Company. Time to relax. Time to treat yourself. Time for a massage. Time to head to In Good Hands Massage in Malacca. In Good Hands Massage specializes in all types of massage, including deep tissue, relaxation, hot stone, sports massage, and more. They also offer salt lamps, essential oils, and much more. Book your appointment today or get your gift cards at facebook.com slash massage by Lindsay. In Good Hands Massage in Malacca, the official relaxation spot of the Trevor J. Brown Show. We got Mark Stone coming up with NFL picks in uh, a matter of moments here. But first, we want to send birthday wishes out to one of my favorites of all time, Bill Murray celebrated his birthday this past week on Wednesday of the 21st. He turned 72 years old. This guy has made so many good movies. And in fact, Bill Murray has had such an impact on my life, uh, my enjoyment of, of comedy in my enjoyment of film, I remember some of you have been with us since since the early days. This is only the second season of the Trevor J. Brown show, but the old podcast, Another Round, one of the very first segments we did was about Bill Murray. And uh, we talked about Bill Murray and his films, and we sort of posed the question... If you were going to do a Bill Murray movie night, you were going to pick three movies. What three movies do you choose and uh, and why? We didn't put the question up on our Facebook page uh, for, for this show, but if you want to chime in and email us, you certainly can. We could share your responses on the show next week. Our email is inherentdream at yahoo.com. You're welcome to email anytime, but I just want to go through some of his his movies that are just staples absolute staples and i, I want to go back to to 1980 where for me it really all began with bill caddyshack caddyshack i go back and forth when it comes to funniest movies of all time But if it ain't my number one, it's probably my number two. It goes back and forth for me between that and National Lampoon's Vacation. Vacation, the original vacation with Chevy Chase is so damn funny. But Caddyshack, man. Good old Carl Spackler. His battle with the gopher. A star-studded cast for Caddyshack. It was uh, directed by Harold Ramis. It was written by Harold Ramis and Bill's brother, Brian Doyle Murray. 
But let's talk about that cast for a second. We mentioned Bill, Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerfield, Ted Knight. And if you've ever spent a minute on a golf course, you'll love the movie. If you love to laugh, you'll love the movie. I've spent more than a minute on a golf course. And everything about that movie, the culture of a golf course, the culture of a clubhouse, everything about that movie is so funny. It's so damn perfect. And uh, it's a legendary role for, uh, for Bill Murray. Then we go to 1984. He plays a character by the name of Dr. Peter Venkman in a little movie called Ghostbusters, written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. Directed by Ivan Reitman. Let's talk about that cast. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Rick Moranis. My goodness. Ernie Hudson. That movie is awesome. Is Ernie Hudson in the first one? Or is he just in the second one? No, Ernie Hudson's in the first one too. Annie Potts. As Janine. Janine Melnitz. Okay, then Ghostbusters 2, obviously great. Groundhog Day, playing Phil Connors. The concept of Groundhog Day, I feel, has been done in all of these other movies, all these new movies, like 500 times. They don't call it Groundhog Day, though. They call it something else. Again, directed by Harold Ramis. Boy, Harold Ramis also wrote the screenplay with Danny Rubin. That movie also stars Annie McDowell and Chris Elliott. Just a uh, terrific movie, funny. Then I want to go to Space Jam because Space Jam, he just plays himself. I remember seeing Space Jam 1996. It came out uh, in November of that year. So I would have been, what, 10? 10 years old. And uh, it was so cool because it combined the biggest athlete at the time Michael Jordan with your favorite cartoon characters like Bugs Bunny and the uh, Looney Tunes universe by Warner Brothers and it put all of these together and it was just it was just a great film and and Bill had a, a great part in that and also if you look closely Bill is wearing a St. Paul Saints hat in that movie because at the time he was part owner of that team so then in 98 he starts working with Wes Anderson and a little film called Rushmore. Bill and Wes have collaborated since that film many, many times. 2001, The Royal Tenenbaums. His greatest acting performance, 2003, he plays Bob Harris in the Sofia Coppola film Lost in Translation. This is one of my favorite films of all time. It is so dynamite and the story the characters the development the editing the directing the music everything about that movie it is it's in my top 10 all time check it out lost in translation sofia coppola and if you want to see legit acting from bill murray now every movie that i've said so far caddyshack ghostbusters groundhog day he's funny he's the funny man there's nothing wrong with that but in lost in translation He's funny, but now we are starting to see Bill Murray as a legit actor. Bill Murray, 2003, Lost in Translation, nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actor. You want to talk about, I don't think anybody thought when he started acting in the 80s that Bill Murray one day would be up for an Academy Award. I don't know, maybe Bill did, but I don't think a lot of people would have thought, man, this guy's going to be nominated for an Academy Award one day. Maybe for writing or something, but not for acting. No, he was nominated. He lost to Sean Penn for Mystic River, which, look, Sean Penn, legendary actor, legendary performance. I felt bad for Bill for not winning because if he wasn't up against Sean Penn, he probably would have won that Oscar. I don't know where he finished in voting. I, if, if they could have split the Oscar, that would have been awesome. Or if one would have just been the year before or the year after, whatever. Uh... He also did a, uh, a movie after that called The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. 
This is my favorite Wes Anderson movie of all time. It's hilarious, but it also makes me tear up because the movie is about Steve Zissou. He loses his friend. Uh, they're like oceanographers. And he loses his best friend. His best friend dies. So he goes out on this adventure of trying to find this animal that killed his friend. And this is all happening while his career is in the dump. His marriage is non-existent. It's in the dump. So it's sort of about rejuvenation and second chances. And uh, it's a it's a dynamite movie. It's it's a it's a real dynamite movie. And I might be in the minority on this. I like Life Aquatic a million times more than like Royal Tenenbaums. I'm sorry, I do. I I, I just feel like Royal Tenenbaums. Look, it, it had great acclaim. It had great writing. It had all of that. He was in that, by the way, 2001 before Lost in Translation. It's fine. But I feel like Royal Tenenbaums is the Wes Anderson movie. Everybody says, yeah, Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, yeah. But they don't, re- they don't really know anything about the rest of his films. They've never watched them or they don't care. It's just the trendy like, oh, Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, <laughs> Royal Tenenbaums. No. If you want a, if you want a Wes Anderson movie, you've never seen a Wes Anderson movie, I'm going to show you Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Then he uh, has a little bit part in Darjeeling Limited. That's also a Wes Anderson movie. Uh, Some other movies that he's in, Moonrise Kingdom. That is a Wes Anderson. I really enjoyed Bill in Hyde Park on Hudson where he plays FDR. I thought he was pretty good in that movie. He's, uh, he plays St. Vincent, uh, Vincent McKenna in the movie, St. Vincent. Uh, That was very good. Uh, Other movies that he's been in. I loved him as Felix and On the Rocks. That's another collaboration with uh, with Sofia Coppola. And uh, he has a new movie coming out here later this month as the Colonel in uh, the Peter Farrelly movie, The Greatest Beer Run Ever. So I just, I have a lot of respect for Bill Murray because it just shows you that you can't necessarily be just defined in, in one spectrum. Like the guy's funny. He was on SNL. That's how he got his start. And then decades later, he gets an Academy Award nomination for Lost in Translation. Like, the guy is as much now of a serious actor as he is a funny man. And I just, I I like his persona. Um, I just, I I, I like his vibe. He he shows up at places. He crashes weddings. He used to be a co-owner of the St. Paul Saints. Like, the guy is just... He seems like somebody that would be fun to be around. I don't know. Maybe he's a huge dick. I don't know. But I uh, I, I tend to to wish not. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's tough because some of these guys I would love to meet, you know, my, my idols. I'd love to meet like Bill Murray. I'd love to meet Paul McCartney. I'd love to meet Steven Spielberg. I'd love to meet Chris Martin of Coldplay. Like I'd like to meet all of these guys, but you put them on such a pedestal and I don't know why we do. And then if you do meet them and you're like, Oh, well they, they were kind of a dick, (laughs) you know? And then it kind of ruins your, your, your uh, thought of them. And then when you really think of it, it's like, well, should I have had them that high on a pedestal? Should I have had them on a pedestal at all? And part of that is our own fault, but I've never met Bill Murray. I probably never will meet him probably doesn't listen to this podcast but if he does bill we love you it's great the evolution of you from caddyshack to space jam to lost in translation to moonrise kingdom uh, we're, look, we're looking forward to uh to uh greatest beer run it's uh it's phenomenal and again it just shows that you you never put in one box another guy like that is henry winkler i think of him as the fawns in happy days and the guy is getting nominated for awards for his acting for Barry and Winkler's like in like the final stages of his career. Like this, he's, he's not a young buck anymore. So it just shows that you don't have to be 18, 19, 20 years old. You don't have to be 30 
to have all these awards coming, sometimes your greatest moments in life can uh, can be later. Mark Stone is next with NFL Picks. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show from Inherent Dream Production Company. Looking to buy or sell online but don't know where to start? Look no further than Jensen Sales Plus. JSP makes buying and selling online easy. From Craigslist to Amazon, eBay to Etsy, they can help you with it all. Check out their website for more information, JensenSalesPlus.com. That's JensenSalesPlus.com. Back here Friday evening, free-for-all Friday. Free-for-all Friday! Hell yeah, it's Mark Stone on the line. Stone, you make some money last week, my friend? Actually, I did. My my, so I made my three bets. Jacksonville and Green Bay both took care of business, but my carved in stone pick of the week, Seattle, absolutely not. So it's a different Seattle team. They finally proved who they are after one week, so I missed it there. My pick's not good. I haven't been this bad since week three of last year when I went six and ten, seven and nine last week. So it's my annual clunker week at the beginning of the season. Well, I still kind of feel things out here, but I guarantee you I will bounce back and things will be better this week. Your pick's still better than how the Vikings looked uh, Monday night in Philadelphia. Yeah, that was not good. I picked the Minnesota Vikings to win that game and to prove that they were possibly in the championship window, but... Don't be fooled again. Kirk Cousins is still not ready for primetime, and I don't know if he ever will be. We talk about primetime Andy Dalton, what he was for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think you can put Kirk Cousins now in the same in the same category. Sorry, Vikings fans, but as long as there's primetime on playoff games, you won't be winning any of them. All right, Stone, so tell me, who do you think are the three best teams in the NFL right now? The three best teams in the NFL, I think without a shadow of a doubt, Buffalo is at the top of the heap. They are they are definitely making a name for themselves as far as things go there. I think ooh, second best team, I mean, this is, this is kind of tough. I mean, I don't know if there's another team that I would necessarily say Kansas City maybe. I mean, they've looked really, really good here out of the gate. So I'd probably put them up there. Um, as far as another team that looks really, really good, I'm going to say this, and a lot of people are going to think I'm freaking nuts, but I'm going to say Tampa. Mm-hmm. And then Tampa's doing it differently. They're doing it with defense this year, not with the offense. Um, they've got some injuries on that side of the ball, but you can definitely see Todd Bowles has kind of flipped as a defensive coach taking over. He is stressing defense with this team, and probably not a moment too soon when you're considering everything going on in Brady's world. I know you're short on time this week, so let's hop right into picks for week three. Juicy game Sunday at noon in Miami. You get the Dolphins hosting the Bills. You know, all these uh, AFC East teams that play in the North, they go down to Miami. They always have to deal with the different climate. But if the Bills are who we think they are, RIP Denny Green, if they are who they, if we think they are, the Bills go in and they win, right? That's what I think. There's nothing I can see right now coming from Buffalo that's going to stop them from, from, just putting the Dolphins in their place there. I mean, the Dolphins, Mike Mike McDaniel has done a fantastic job with this offense, um, using the weapons he's got to their fullest ability. I mean, we haven't seen a Dolphin receiving crew of, with, with what Waddle and Hill bring to the table since the Duke, since the uh, Marx brothers of Duper and Clayton back in the Marino days. I mean, that's what I'm looking at here when I see Miami's offense, and that's great, but... Again, Buffalo's defense has just been murder's row. Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean have built a defense here where they're rotating in 15 to 20 guys. They're always fresh. They're always flying to the ball. It's a nasty thing. And then you got Josh Allen and the unstoppable Stefan Diggs on the other side. Um, Makes things very, very difficult to stop this Buffalo Bills train right now. I'm going to take the Bills as well. I think they win by at least seven. Bengals at the Jets. 
I don't see the Bengals losing this game, but I, I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk for them, Stone. Right now, nothing seems to be a cakewalk. We thought that that uh, offensive line was going to be improved from Cincinnati. The Jets are feeling a resurgence behind Joe Flacco. I mean, coming from behind to get a win against Baltimore last week, that kind of shocked everybody. So the ability is there. Flacco's got the ability to keep this team in check. However, Cincinnati, I think, has to make a statement here. They've got to get the win. So I am picking Cincinnati as well, and I think they will cover the four and a half that they are favored by right now. Vegas and Tennessee from Nashville on Sunday. By the end of this game, Stone, one of these teams – will be 0-3. It's unbelievable to think that because both of these teams have high expectations this year. With that said, I think that 0-3 team will be the Raiders. I'll take the Titans at home. Disagreement. I think the Raiders have just a lot more weapons. I'm not impressed with what Tennessee's been doing up to this point. And even though they got their butts kicked this last week on Monday Night Football and using embarrassment on national television means they're going to bounce back. The Raiders had the same thing happen, allowing the Arizona Cardinals to come from behind to take that game into overtime and then get beat so i think the raiders definitely want to prove a point here i think this is going to be a knockdown slobber slobber knocker of the game but i'm going to go with vegas on this one again both these teams up against the wall but the raiders i think it's a lot more prudent that they get it done now considering their division whereas if tennessee drops to zero and three let's face it it's a race to the bottom right now in the afc south mark stone our guest we are doing nfl picks for week three saints and panthers <laughs> i can't take the panthers at this point they look awful i'm, I'm taking uh, the new orleans saints on the road Ooh, matt john rule brings his boys to town along with steak and bacon bacon Baker Mayfield at the helm here, uh, taking on Brokeback Mountain, Jameis Winston and company over there with the New Orleans Saints. I'll tell you this. I don't care what the Saints offense is going to do. Their defense is legit, and I think legit enough that it's going to, again, stifle any kind of offense without what Carolina is going to do because they still can't figure out to just give Christian McCaffrey the ball. So when you've got that going on, I think the Saints pull off the win here on the road i do like carolina plus three on this because i think it's going to be close but i think the saints pull it out ravens and patriots if the ravens would have won last week stone i would maybe go with new england but the ravens are going to be pissed off that defense is better than advertised i think lamar jackson has a field day running the ball against New England. I think it'll be close for a while, but I'm going to take Baltimore. Yeah, I'm in agreement here. I think Baltimore wins this game. I am going to go with that as well, but it's really close. Lions and Vikings. I got my Dan Campbell hat on. I'm taking Detroit on the road. Disagreement here. You walked into the stone cold lock of the week. The mid but a Viking, let's face it, I mentioned at the beginning of this show, Kirk Cousins is not ready for primetime. Well, nothing better than coming back home to U.S. Bank Stadium and having the Lions, who everybody now believes is their darlings, come to town on a non-primetime game. It's a get-right game after you've been embarrassed on national television. The Vikings win this one. Give it to me. Stone Cold Lock of the Week. Philly and uh, Washington on Sunday from Landover, Maryland. I'm taking Philly on the road. Philly versus Washington. I mean, last week I got burned on the Washington pick, and Philly also got burned on stomp in the Minnesota Vikings. I can't trust Washington right now, and the Eagles are hot. Let me go with Philly, baby. Chiefs and Colts, could Matt Ryan be washed? Well, <laughs> he sure looks that way. Kansas City rolls, man. I'm in agreement here with you on this. I don't know how to fix Indianapolis. I don't know if you can fix Indianapolis, and I'm in agreement with you. Matt Ryan does not look like Phil Rivers. Give me the Chiefs. Texans and Bears. Uh, oh boy, I I don't know. I, I saw some things from Fields on, on Sunday night that I, I kind of liked, but the Texans' defense is playing okay. I don't know. I think this is going to be kind of a low-scoring game, but I'll take the Bears at home. 
disagreement here. I think the Texans pull out an upset on the road here against Chicago. Chicago's just not that good. They got lucky in week one last week. They showed their true colors as the Packers just rolled them. I think Houston takes care of business and surprises them and gets the win. Speaking of a get-right game, how about the L.A. Chargers at home to beat Jacksonville? Ooh, you walked into the carved-in-stone pick of the week, folks. Again, Herbert's banged up. He's day-to-day. We don't know how much he's going to be going or how good he's going to be in this game. I do believe in agreement with you. I think the Chargers win. But I think seven points is too much with the way Jacksonville has been playing. I could not rush to the betting booth quick enough and lay my money down on Jacksonville plus a touchdown. So Chargers win, but the carved in stone bet of the week for this week is Jacksonville plus seven, baby. Rams and Cardinals from uh, Arizona. On Sunday, Rams say cute victory, and uh, they take it from here over Arizona. I like the Rams on the road. Agreement. I think the Rams win. I think Arizona's going to keep it within the three and a half at home as Cliff Dingleberry and Kyler Murray have shown that they can take some time off from Call of Duty and games close, maybe even win. But I think the Rams are just too good and still feel they are too much of a championship pedigree to allow an in-division rival to beat them in a close game. They're going to pull out the win here. McVay is just simply the better coach. So, yes, let's chalk it up to the Rams to move to 2-1, to 2-1. Packers and Buccaneers Sunday, 325. Here's my lock of the week. I'm taking Tampa Bay at home. I think the Tampa Bay defense is very, very good. And I'll tell you what, Stone, I, I look, Brady hasn't looked awful this year, but this is kind of reminding me of the year that Peyton Manning won his second Super Bowl. His numbers weren't nearly as good as the year before, and it was that Denver defense that cat, uh, catapulted them to the Super Bowl victory. I'm not saying the Bucks are going to be hoisting the trophy yet. We're only going into week three, but so far, that's the, the sort of trend that I'm seeing. I like Tampa Bay and that defense to carry them to victory Sunday. Well, Trevor, you know Tampa Bay was my preseason pick to win the whole thing. Um, not that preseason picks mean anything to begin with, but that was my pick to start the season. And again, it is this defense. This defense is looking nasty. Mm-hmm. Tom, I think if he gets his head right, you can really watch out here. If not, it's kind of a throwback to those early Patriots teams. I do like yes. the Denver reference as well with uh, Manning down the stretch. Tom's smart enough to just get it done. Packers are riding in here like they are some freaking kingdom stomper after stomping <laughs> the Bears last week on Sunday Night Football. I'm sorry, but A.J. Dillon and also Aaron Jones are not going to be able to do anything against this Tampa defense. I mentioned the carved in stone bet of the week was Jacksonville plus seven. I rush just as fast to lay the cash down on Tampa Bay at negative one and a half in this game. Too much love for the Packers. Tampa will easily cover the two, and I am picking them to win as well. Atlanta and Seattle, 325 Sunday in Seattle. Oh, that's what I think of this game. I'll take Seattle. Disagreement, Trevor. I got to go with Atlanta here, especially after uh, Arthur Smith and his great soundbite at the end of the game this last week when people asked him why he wasn't feeding the ball to Kyle Pitts more and he goes this isn't fantasy football this is about winning games okay Arthur you're 0-2 you (laughs) haven't won anything yet buddy so watch what you say with the soundbite so I expect a lot of Kyle Pitts this week and I expect Atlanta to finally move to 1-2 how about them apples 49ers and the Broncos, you're back with Jimmy G, baby. Uh, Trey Lance goes down, terrible injury, but you know what? Jimmy G is more than capable to bring this team to great heights. Denver, man, they're supposed to have this kick-ass offense that they've sure struggled so far. I like the Niners on the road, man. I'm in agreement with you. Jimmy G back at the helm and the Niners. One thing they have proven with Jimmy at the helm is they can win games in the regular season. Denver still can't get themselves out of their own way. I think Nathaniel Hackett might be the worst hire of the offseason thus far. And I don't know if he'll last the season if he keeps this up. If him and Russ can't figure out how to fix this, 
it's going to be over very, very quickly. They do need to defend the territory here home against San Fran, but I think the Niners are just riding too high now with Jimmy back at the helm. I think the Niners win and win big. Giants and the Cowboys from MetLife, Monday Night Football, 7-15. Cooper Rush comes back to earth, man. Give me the Giants. Exactly. It's going to be a close game, but I think the Giants even cover the negative one and a half, their favorite pie. I'm going with the Giants in this one. Like I said, Brian Dable's got things rolling there. Cooper Rush maybe can keep them as a 500 team, but they're on the road in the division. Monday night football, we got Joe Buck and Troy Aikman barfing all over their Dallas Cowboys <laughs> once again. It's going to be legendary. You may need to switch over to the batting cast. I'll tell you what, man, through phone issues and all, uh, I appreciate you, buddy, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Will do, Trevor. Hopefully the cell towers allow us to actually have a normal conversation for once. <laughs> He's Mark Stone, and this is the Trevor J. Brown Show. On a free-for-all Friday. Yeah! The Trevor J. Brown Show. Can't get enough of the Trevor J. Brown Show? Join Trevor for bonus content Saturday exclusively on the Spotify app. For bonus content Saturday, Trevor spins the tunes he's enjoying right now, tunes he loves from the past, great local music, and also continues to build his playlist of his favorite and, in his opinion, the greatest songs of all time. Join Trevor for bonus content Saturday exclusively on the Spotify app. Big thanks to Mark Stone. I, I don't think you probably heard much of it during uh, the actual segment because uh, we went back and we edited a few things, but we had some technical difficulties during the phone interview tonight. I don't know. I feel like the FBI's tapping my phones or something tonight, or they've been tapping them all day. Maybe they're uh, trying to, maybe they need to seize my phone like Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell had his phone seized. We talked about that last week. The best part of that story was Mike Lindell had his phone seized while he was at Hardee's in a drive-thru. <laughs> oh my goodness. What's the, like I said, what's the bigger story? His phone getting seized by the FBI or a multi-millionaire having dinner at a fast food restaurant at a Hardee's? I don't know. A guy like like the My Pillow guy, you think he you know, I, I guess well if if there's a hankering for uh, that roast beef, if there's a hankering for a Angus Thick burger or whatever they are. I'm not I'm not dissing Hardee's. I like Hardee's now and again. You just think like a guy that has money ain't stopping at Hardee's. I don't know. Um that just shows he's one of us. Mike Lindell is one of us. No, we had the technical difficulties with Stone tonight. We had the microphone issue in the first segment. But you're still here, and I appreciate that. Uh, tune in tomorrow for bonus content Saturday. That is uh, exclusively on the Spotify app. Well, tomorrow we're taking a little break from our 1,000-song playlist, and we have some local Minnesota tunes to play for you tomorrow including some tunes from Capital Sons, Chairman of the Board, and brand new music from Oman. A little reggae music for you tomorrow here on Bonus Content Saturday. And then we return on October 1st with, uh, we'll get back to our thousand song playlist. And uh, for that edition of the program, we will be adding songs on the playlist from... Perhaps the, the best three-song set we've ever added. Now, I love all these songs, but listen, we're adding songs. I'm not going to tell you which ones, but we're adding songs from another one uh, from Marvin Gaye. We have a tune from The Temptations and another one from The Four Tops. Tune in uh, to uh, see which ones they are. But I'm telling you, this playlist is phenomenal. Uh, we, we have music on there from Stevie Ray Vaughan, The Who... Carly Simon, the Beatles, of course, Elvis Presley, Glenn Campbell, Sam Cooke, Nina Simone, Etta James, Carol King, U2, Joe Cocker, Aretha Franklin, many, many more. You can follow along with the playlist. Just search the 1,000 songs by the Trevor J. Brown Show. It's uh, the number 1,000. So the 1,000 songs 
by the Trevor J. Brown Show. It's a public playlist on Spotify. You can follow along as we continue to add songs for our bonus content Saturday. I hope you have a phenomenal weekend. Enjoy the fall weather. I believe fall is finally here. I'm loving the uh, 60 degree weather and uh, hopefully we're done with the humidity, the high dew points and uh, the upper 80s and 90s. So enjoy the weather this weekend. Enjoy the football and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Trevor J. Brown Show. The opinions expressed on this show do not express the views of staff, management, or sponsors of Inherent Dream Production Company or streaming services where the show may be heard. The Trevor J. Brown Show is a production of Inherent Dream Production Company.